More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. Monkey Business Catering, a family's non-linear road to success. Amy Thompson and her family are no strangers to adversity. For almost a century, the Thompson family life revolved around the dairy farm. Like many small businesses in the agrarian sector, however, there was only so much the family could do in the face of amalgamation, deregulation and international competition. In 2001, the Thompsons were forced to sell their farm, but remained resolute, driven to define success on their own terms. We had the opportunity to speak with Amy Thompson about perseverance, flexibility, and her family's non-linear journey to entrepreneurial success. Enjoy this episode with Amy. You know, I'd love to just hear it from you in in your own words, Amy, if you don't mind. Can you tell me a little bit more about how your family actually ended up in the food business? If you can, we call it food business catering. Is that right? You can def- definitely call it a food business. Right. So tell us, tell us more about that, Amy. Sure. So obviously, we're an Australian um, business, and my family originally were farmers. So we've always been in the food sector. Um, the the dairy farm was dairy, so it was all mainly milk production. And that was in the family for nearly 100 years. And then what happened over 10 years ago now in Australia is the dairy industry got deregulated. So the price of milk just collapsed completely. And my family went, we can't make a good living out of this anymore. So what other options are available? So that from that point, when I was quite young, um, my parents decided to sell up the farm and then it was uh, moved to a different town, which we're in Toowoomba, which has got roughly 160,000 people in population. So it's the largest non-capital city in Australia. I know not impressive when you talk about Europe and millions in the city, but for us, it's it's a decent population level. Don't worry, I'm from Switzerland. Like the biggest city we have is like a, yeah. a million and they're counting all the agglomeration around it. So don't yeah. worry, I get it. <laughs> Go ahead. And I love towns that size because you, even if you don't know someone, you know of someone who mm. knows them. So it's a beautiful kind of um, culture. Mm. So back to your question, which I think I've wandered from. There's two things I really admire about this. You have something, you have a legacy of about 100 years, right? You have that farm, which obviously like there's a lot of huge amount of emotional attachment from the family side, right? Like that's not an easy thing to let go. Then something that is out of your control happens, basically, like, you know, you get direct, mm-hmm. your industry gets deregulated. So I'm really interested in understanding like a psychologically how your family sort of decided to move on from that. And secondly, mm-hmm. Why catering? So why establish monkey business catering? And like, how did that involve you as a next generation as well? Like, you know, when your parents sort of like, sort of had to get out of a, I guess, get out of a business, get out of a sort of a legacy business that pretty much was, is part of your DNA, I would say by this time, right? Like, so can you tell us a little bit more about that, Amy? Absolutely. So I would say my family are survivors and entrepreneurs. 
So you adapt with the circumstances. So when it's outside of your control, you just take the elements that you've been left with or you've been given and you work it to your best advantage because your other options are just to sit down and collapse and that's not an option. So psychologically, I would say it was incredibly hard, so hard because you're leaving behind legacy and and bits of your family's past but we chose to weave it into something new, a new story, a new adventure. Uh, It wasn't a straight path from dairy farming to catering. So for my parents, they've they've always had small businesses. So um, straight out of farming, they brought an irrigation business. um, And then there was a a franchise, which was Michelle's Patisserie, which is coffee and cake and and done through a franchise system. So people deliver things that are already made and then you on sell it. So for me, there's probably about a a six-year period between when the dairy farm um, was sold to when I I was off. I I studied at Blue Mountains International Hotel School, so I, I've got um, a degree in business majoring in hotel management, and then I had enough time to grow up and do a few other jobs in different places. And then it was just that point for my family when with the franchise, um, franchises are a hard gig. Mm. They're very difficult to make money and be profitable when you're trying to deal with a franchise system and set products and set prices and everything else that's tightly controlled. Uh, So for my parents, it was just a conversation we had where I went, well, I'm ready for another adventure. And my parents went, well, why don't you come back for a while? You can help us wrap up what's happening with the catering and then we'll see where we're at at that point. So during that, that time, there was a lot of people who kept going, well, you're a food business. Can you do some catering for us? We just, you know, we need something quite specific. And unfortunately, within the catering model, we couldn't service those requests because of the inflexibility of what they do and how they do it. So it was just one of those dinner table conversations where you go, what are our options? What can we do with this? And can we really live with ourselves if we let an opportunity like this go past because it has possibilities? And that was the moment where I think my mum and I um, had half a business plan written out very roughly over a dinner table conversation. And then it was probably another six months of hard work setting up everything that needs to be set up behind the scenes for a business to work while we were doing a soft trial through the franchise and through the products that they had available. And um, then we launched uh, using secondhand equipment and everything that we could get our hands on and a garage was converted into a kitchen so that we could do things properly and, you know, food licences from the council happened. Um, And then it was all systems go from that moment. So it's strange how something very simple a long time ago can continue to have a domino effect. So it's kind of farming, deregulations, other business opportunities, and then you just keep seizing opportunities till you end up at a point that you didn't even know was a possibility. It's a lovely story and, and yet a story that you can hear must have been quite tumultuous. Also emotionally at, at certain <laughs> times for you guys, like entrepreneurship at its best is a very difficult choice of you know career choice to make and I think that when you have no other choice because it's your vocation it's probably Mm. even tougher because you're just obsessed with finding that idea that'll allow you to go to that next level so so fascinating to hear your story here but like tell us a little bit more about what was different about 
when you guys then started monkey business catering? Because I mean, you said like, you know, so there were businesses before. Mm. How did you know, was there a moment in time where you looked at your mom or you looked at your parents and were like, okay, guys, this is, this is different. This is going to work because it feels different. Like did it, did it remind you of how it used to feel with the farm or like, you know, could you, how did you identify that this was going to be the next sort of family business that you feel like you guys were going to stay with? I would say that the first two years were rocky. Mm. So statistically in Australia, they say that eight out of 10 small businesses fail. And so for the first two years, I was doing the whole, will this work? Won't this work? We've got the elements, but will it come together? Because there's factors that you just can't control when it comes to business. And that's always a very difficult process. But it was probably that moment when when we realised that finally we had more flexibility to adapt as things change rather than having all of those rules and regulations enforced upon us. And that's when we knew it was different. So there's a lot of things that we do like um, using recyclable packaging or the, the composting that we do or um, simply the flexibility that we have with staffing and with people, which you're not able to do when it's a huge business. Um, And quite often those things take a long time to implement. So for us, because we're small and dynamic, you know, one of us can wake up tomorrow morning and say, I've got this brilliant idea. Mm -hmm. And if we're all pulling together, we can turn that idea around very quickly. So before I knew it, I I think my sister-in-law who isn't deeply involved in the business. She's more someone who comes and goes as, as needed. But she she said, we've brought chickens. And I went, okay, that's that's interesting. And she went, I need chicken scraps. And I went, I have some for you. You can have it every week, <laughs> as many times as you want every week. And that's, that's worked so beautifully for us. And then there's been other people who with composting and, and that kind of thing. So we feel like we've got more control over the business. We feel like we can adapt more fully as things change. And then we feel like we can actually be better citizens because it, because we can address some of the things that are close to our heart, like living sustainably, that we couldn't with other dynamics. Uh, Amy, tell us how you guys are working together today. So how many family members are you? You just mentioned your sister-in-law mm-hmm. who, who comes in, makes requests and then mm-hmm. leaves again sometimes. <laughs> but like, what about the rest of the family? So yeah. like, who's involved today and, and who's, who's doing what in day-to-day business? Sure. So I'm, I'm the lead. So I'm the one on the grounds every day in the business, working on it full time. Um, my parents are, are half investors, so they do a lot behind the scenes. So particularly with advice because they've run so many businesses. My dad is incredible. You think ex-farmer, basically can fix anything with a Victoria X pocket knife, <laughs> a bit of gaffer tape. Um, so he's our, you know, when we need to design something for markets or if something breaks, or his skill set is just so appreciated. Then I've got two beautiful sister-in-laws, one with the chickens and the composting, (laughs) who's quite happy to to use and recycle the stuff we have. And the other sister-in-law is involved in our social media and marketing. So that's what she does in her day job. So she she does that for us too as a private client. Then um, 
at the moment, I also have one of my cousins who works with us to get things prepped and, and out and delivered. And then the other main player is my grandmother, who is over 80 years old. And every now and then when we get short-staffed, she'll decide that, yes, she can come in and wash dishes for two hours because she wants some coffee money. <laughs> Which is just one of my favorite things. <laughs> yeah, it's a sort of the grandmother in there. That's just brilliant. That's just good oh, branding, isn't it? Like, <laughs> I love it. It's just so wonderful. Yeah, so your brothers are not involved in the business right now in the day-to-day? So um, one of my brothers was incredibly supportive when we set up the business. So he can consult with the websites and, and that kind of thing because that's where his career is. And the other brother, it's just not an interest at all except his wife forces him to pick up the, the chicken scraps. That's a, the, the husband of the chicken scraps wife. That's great. So <laughs> exactly. but because I'm, I'm just asking you because I think it's, of course, like mm. it's, it's quite an interesting evolution, right? Like not only did your family mm. business sort of get out of a trade or association with a certain mm. industry, but usually farming is obviously like something that very much goes from father to son. Uh, whereas now, like, you know, not only did you guys get out of the typical business, but now also it's like actually the daughter who's taken over the reins and sort of is running running the next family business. So I find this absolutely fascinating. So all these changes <laughs> happening. Can I ask you, do you think that if the farm had continued, you would have taken such an active role with the, with the family or would that have, do you think it would have fallen mm. to your brothers more? I think with agriculture, it's a very physical world. and my skill set and my inclinations were never towards that. And I think that's why the catering's been so successful because on the farm, my my dad, just as a side note, is a Nuffield scholar. So that meant that he did his scholarship and went overseas, did his six months visiting various farms. But then the reciprocal arrangement is that you host farmers and often it's it's you know a busload of 50 farmers um, on your property so I grew up in this atmosphere where you might have five notice and a busload of 50 people will turn up or if you have a Christmas party because you're in the middle of nowhere you'll invite 150 people so I grew up in this atmosphere of you make your community and you make it through inviting people feeding them and often they'd be staying as well in tents or whatever it is because the drive's a long way so while we were on the farm, the things that I enjoyed and gravitated towards were things inside the home. Mm-hmm. So my inclinations are just a bit more traditional. Uh, with that dynamic, my skills from a very young age were you can feed people, you can look after people, you can turn food out with what you've got in the cupboards and what's available and for the number of people that it's for, whether it's four or, or 40. And my brothers, because they were external and doing a lot of the the labour involved and and the production of the raw food rather than actual turning the raw food into things that are edible, um, it wouldn't have, it just hasn't been the merge of skill sets for them. Whereas for me, it's been this beautiful flow. That's been a good transition into something new. That's wonderful to witness, though, to be able to. Uh, maintain at least a familial sense of collaboration that's wonderful to see Um, because I think like you know this is what gets lost very often unfortunately right this is what we worry about as family businesses is that when the original business ceases uh, the opportunity of working with family doesn't have to or automatically cease but I think that a lot of families 
attached a notion of working together to that traditional business or to one specific industry and and don't think that it's transferable maybe to other activities but a little bit more about monkey business catering as well because it is it is a fascinating i i really love the i love the website like it's so so funny and it's nice and, <laughs> and cheeky i mean we have to ask you like why the monkey though amy like you know why why say monkey business right like you know it's hilarious but like you know what made you what made you guys choose the name my family has a weird sense of humor <laughs> which is such a blessing and at the same time it plays out in ways you wouldn't expect. So I would say about 20 years ago um, my mother decided she'd get a christening present for a baby that had recently been born into the family and so she went out and she got this stuffed monkey um, that's really cute, super, super cute, and she brought it home and it just disappeared from the gift bag because obviously she hadn't stapled it for shut properly and it kept turning up in odd places so you'd open the pantry door and it would be hanging out in the pantry or you know you'd climb into bed at night and it would be there um underneath your sheets or um, (laughs) well in an adorable kind of creepy way and then when people were going off on trips you know the monkey would end up in your bag and you'd open up your bag on the other side of the world and you'd go oh hitchhiker and I have to carry this thing around for four months and it just kind of morphed and merged and ended up being a long-running gag in the family so when we needed a name it was just one of those things where how do you choose a name and why do you choose a name for us it was it was a excuse to show our personality and at the same time I think we'd already had kind of a, an inkling or a prophecy, if you want, that a lot of our catering was going to be business catering. So we have, our clients are about 90% businesses or, or corporates or non-profits here in town. And so the pun I love just as much as the monkey itself. <laughs> I love it. But like, I, I'm asking because the temptation, mm-hmm. of course, and saying like, okay, we're doing another family owned concern. We're doing another family managed mm-hmm. thing would have probably been for many to use the family name, right? Like, so I find it really interesting that Mm -hmm. you guys opted for an insider joke as opposed to like, you know, putting (laughs) the name on the door. Were you ever, were you ever tempted for a moment to say like, you know, let's call it like, no, not at all. Interesting. Not for one second. And I think what you were talking about before about how families often follow this traditional linear line of this is what we're doing. That's why a lot of them don't seem to prosper as much because I think with family, every person has a different set of talents. And so if you're going to do business with family, you need to recognise that each individual has a specific talent set. And if you're going to do it successfully, you leverage against the talents that you've got available to you. So for us, one of the joys about monkey business catering is that you never know. In 15 years' time, you might see that there's a monkey business hotels or a a monkey business something else because we're we're not wanting to lock ourselves into one play plan we want it to be able to be adapted to the talents that arise up in the family and the people who are interested and if my cousin who is about three months away from finishing her nursing degree decides she she's going to get a job nursing I am going to be there at her graduation cheering. And that that is just as exciting as what she's currently doing for us. Well, it's, it's that flexibility, isn't it? That makes it makes you survive. And I think it's what you said in the beginning as well, like that agility. And what you just said right now as well, sadly is true. Uh, a lot of family businesses get lost in the identification, get stuck in identification mm-hmm. with a certain industry. But 
However, today it's probably more true than ever before, although there's some debate going on about whether we're being overly dramatic about this time and era these days, like, you know, the technological disruption and stuff like that. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we might be exaggerating a little bit, like have a bit of a victim syndrome here. But like, um, to be fair, it is true. There is exponential technological change, um, mm. which is which is a fact. So um, what we've just mentioned for many family businesses, it's actually not even a it's not even a discussion anymore. Like their industry is being severely disrupted. Their business models are definitely becoming obsolete. Uh, you know, many of them are closing their doors already um, and are not able of uh, moving on to the next level, such as you have. The question that I have for you is like, you know, the the role of technology. Can you tell me a little bit more about your, your family's relationship with technology and like, you know, how you now are sort of like working this all to your advantage, which I know you are, but like, can you just explain to us how you're doing that? So this may go into a bit of a controversial topic, but I know within our business in in food services that 30% of my costs or just slightly below that is going to be allocated towards the rural food cost ingredient. I also know that there's going to be another 25 to 30% allocated immediately towards labour. So these are my two biggest costs that are, are involved. So our relationship with technology has always been to look at it and see what way that it can interact positively with those two main costs and how we can make it work to our advantage. And we're a big believer in employing people and supporting people and and making sure that that's a long-term commitment. But there's ways that you can do it that's smart. And So technology is just another tool in our toolkit on how to make our business sustainable long-term so that we don't just employ people now, but we can do it in five years. We can do it in 10 years because we're still profitable and sustainable. So for us, the first thing that I'm really passionate about is the suppliers and um, systems that support our business and make it work, um, that we partner with ones that are engaged at looking at how they're also going to better themselves in the future and how they're addressing change and the disruption and, and technology. So a great one is that we chose a accounting system because accounting systems are one of those bedrocks that your, your businesses just exist on. We chose one that wasn't a traditional format, that was a younger company that's still doing all of its product development and is a bit more agile um, because you never quite know what's going to develop, but a huge thing that's come through in the last two years has been integrating um, accounting systems with uh, the credit card payment systems so that all interacts really smoothly and automates in a segment of your business, which you're nodding. So you've seen those come through and, you know, instant payment with a click from the invoice. And that's beautiful. But if we hadn't partnered with a younger software company that's doing all of this product development and integration, that implementation for us of a streamlined um, credit card payment system with automatic receipts being shot through wouldn't have even been a possibility. And that's one of the key things that is a competitive advantage for us in the marketplace we're playing with. I think we were the only catering company in Toowoomba, which I find shocking. It's already made that leap of this is how we're going to 
to ease this payment process for our clients. You know what I like about this conversation, Amy, is like, you know, you're emphasizing indirectly, probably, I'm not sure if your family does this very consciously, or whether it's just like a result of uh, what you said before, like your survival skills that have outlasted, like, you know, many generations. But it's interesting how when I listen to you, it's a lot about who you surround yourself with, right? Like, it's a lot about like, you know, how open you are, uh, towards those kind of relationships that get you to the next level. So the instance of like saying like, you know, that we have a technology partner that helped us actually develop a competitive advantage over our competition. Uh, again, something that a lot of family businesses can learn from, because I think after a certain amount of generations, we tend to believe that like, you know, we, we should be doing it on our own. Uh, everything should be coming from the family business, as opposed to understanding that today, so much complexity, such rapid change, you inevitably are confronted with the need for partners. So the future of monkey business catering, like what, I, you know, I love when you said before, I mean, I'd love to say I checked into monkey business hotel. I'm going to be very honest with you. <laughs> if you open that, I'm coming, I'm coming over and I want to stay at the monkey business hotel because that just sounds, it sounds too good. It has to be on my CV somewhere. So, um, so, but is that actually, you can come and say it's beautiful. Yes, I'd love to. Um, so, but is that actually something that is already concretely happening in your heads, like as a family, like where you're like, okay, so we're building a brand that will eventually branch out into different things. Are you thinking about it? We want the dynamic to continue for us to be able to seize opportunities as they come because that's where sustainability happens. And we won't sacrifice the quality of what we're currently doing or, um, the time that's involved in our relationships with our clients because our, our current catering is really built on ongoing relationships with corporate clients and, once again, relationships. But opportunities come your way. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're seeing a need in the market, and I'm not saying that you should create a business just because you, you think it's a good idea. I'm saying that there should first be a need and then you should address that need. And that's what makes things successfully because you're addressing something rather than forcing it to happen. And long term, the dynamic will just keep shifting and we'll keep painting with it. And I can already see opportunities within Toowoomba and the wider area because this is a regional hub uh, for that to develop quite naturally and so we'll we'll seize hold of opportunities as they come well i'm it's uh i love that you can find world-class entrepreneurship even in the remotest areas of the world you're so far away from us and yet we all have so much in common in the way we see things wonderful speaking to you amy about your family business and your family's legacy we're really deeply honored to have you in our magazine thank you so much really appreciated it Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.